Hey, Ray. Do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember Revelation 7, 12. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood. And the seas boiled, and the skies fell. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Every ancient religion has its own myth about the end of the world. Myth? Ray, has it ever occurred to you that maybe the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave? How about a little music? Transmission started. And now it's time for Flushing It In. Hello and welcome to another episode of Flushing In. I'm your host, John Senning, and we are here with friend of the podcast, Allison Horrocks. Allison, how are you today? Hi, good. How are you? Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming. Um, so you've listened to this show before, but uh, for those of you who haven't, um, this is the show where we uh, discuss death and basically everything surrounded. it. We're going to cover some some topics that we haven't necessarily covered on the show before, like ghosts and other stuff like that, but... Um, Let's let's talk. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna ask you some of the questions I ask most of my guests. Okay, so um, how often do you think about death, Allison? Like whether it be yours or, or that of other people or people close to you or maybe I don't know malicious sorts of <laughs> death. I don't know. So no malicious. I would say I think about that question more since I started listening to this, oh, and cool. maybe being more conscious about how often I think about it. So I was trying to figure out my answer to this question earlier. And a lot of my work has to do with people who aren't alive. Mm -hmm. So I've taught history. I do history research. So everyone is dead. Right. Right. All the people that you're talking about are dead. (laughs) So there's that piece. So everyone is is not alive. I would say my own death, I'm not super worried about in a lot of ways. But I don't tend to think of other people around me dying. But I think of the concept of death a lot. Like people who are not alive. You think of, okay, okay. So it's mostly about people who, because of because of the history ties. Is that basically yes. where you're coming yeah. from? Right, right. But my own death, not super worried about. No. So That's good. Right? Yeah. That seems positive. Right, yeah. right. I've yeah. heard other guests who are concerned. Right. In so some people ways. are very, very concerned about their death. Yeah. Yes. I'm less concerned about the act of dying. Uh-huh. I'm curious about things that happen after. So I'm not nervous. Okay. So let's let's talk about the first part, the act of dying. Have you ever yeah. thought about maybe how you want to die? What is what, how? For sure. <laughs> yeah, that was a very, very positive yeah. net, uh, nod of the head. Quickly. Yes, quickly. You want to die quickly. Yeah, so every movie that's an apocalyptic scenario, a yeah. zombie scenario, I'm not right. fighting. I'm You're not, not. I'm not playing You have the no game. interest nope. in putting up a fight. Absolutely. I absolutely gotcha. don't. Gotcha. Um a life sentence at the wrong kind of penitentiary, yeah. not doing that. No. Not doing that. Solitary confinement, not doing that. Um, so I say... these def- definitive <laughs> Definitive lines. answers. Yes, that's great. Um, zombie apocalypse, statistically, I'm not going to make it. Pandemic, not going to make it. Yeah. Not concerned about the fighting piece. Not because I don't want to live. I don't want to live a life that's less oh, yeah. than I mean, full capacity. Yeah, you're... You totally transform the whole way of living. It's yeah. like a scavenger mentality. Not doing yeah. it. No, not for you. I would say my other sort of deal breaker is 
like having no capacity to speak or move, mm-hmm. that's a deal breaker. Yeah. So pretty much everyone I'm close to knows like wherever that metaphorical plug is, it's coming out. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Right. right. I'm you not don't even be confined to a bed like or anything like that. No. No. <laughs> no. So any yeah. kind of scenario where life is really compromised or yeah. life is going to be really just impossible, those are those are times for the exit strategy. Quick. Right. Quick. Yeah. Nice. So. It's a great answer. Very pleasant. Yeah, very pleasant. Yeah. No, but very real. Like, that's something that, like, a lot of people uh, would tiptoe around, that sort of answer. You no. Know? But it, it's, it's going to happen. And, like, it's very much a part of all of our lives, the end of it, specifically. Like, The Walking Dead is probably the least interesting story to me. Oh, yeah. Well, me too, but for probably maybe for different reasons. Because so- I think that, for me, a zombie apocalypse... I don't know, because I like to think like, oh, it might be fun, but I feel like I'm equating it to like a game of paintball, which it isn't, you know? And not that I'm like an avid paintballer by any means, but no, it would be a terrifying experience, and you would have to question things and go over things in your head that you never even thought were possible before. Yeah. I mean, part of that comes from pop culture, but so my mom is a critical care nurse, And so she's seen a lot of people pass and she's seen what that looks like and she's seen how people can live longer and longer now through extraordinary measures. And I kind of take her cue. She doesn't want those things. And I think someone who's actually watched what it looks like and it's it's nasty and it's dirty and it's not actually pleasant for other people. I think it is sort of the ultimate thing that you can try to control. Like, if that zombie apocalypse is here, I'm just not interested. Right, right. Like, the life I've had was great. Yeah, Yeah, so. Right, Because that that would totally taint the, like, normal, I mean, normal, I guess, in quotes, but, like, life that you had before the apocalypse came. Like, there's no way that's going to be better by any means. Well, what if you're partially conscious and you're a zombie? Oh, yeah. So you're sort of aware of the atrocity that you're doing, but you can't physically stop it. Like, I think that's terrifying. So you're saying not only will you find a way out, but you'll also make sure that you do not come back as a zombie. That's correct. Gotcha. Yes. By whatever means possible. I I think that's probably doable. Yeah, I think that's doable. Yeah. I mean, we know how to stop zombies, theoretically. I think statistically we're probably headed for some really bad epidemics that are like a zombie outbreak. Yep. What makes you say that? A few things. I think our population globally is high. It is. And I, I don't think that nature just necessarily writes itself, but no. I think we become accustomed to fixing things, and I think at some point our fixes won't be sufficient. Yeah. And so we might need to be creative in different ways. And so I think we imagine that we've fixed how to cure people, and I don't know that we actually have. Right. Because there have been people for many, many thousands of years and things like vaccines are pretty recent. And we don't really fully understand microbiology over millions of years. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying next year right, we're headed right. for a crash course, but I'm saying eventually in the human course, like just look at dinosaurs. Right. Something right. of that nature is going to come about. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Interesting. And so do you not want to even be involved in that? No, I'll hang, well, I'll hang around for that. It depends on if I have a skill set, like what I gotcha. think my probability of being helpful can, is. Right, because society might still be intact a bit. 
Right. Like, the way that other people want to be, like, superheroes. I would be an epidemiologist, like, if I started over. That seems so much more honorable than, like, yeah. wanting to, like, dress up as Batman. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's sort of like magic, you know, figuring out how to fix people on a cellular level. Yes. Um, but I also hated microbiology in college, so there's so a give maybe and take. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll be like a like a speaker for one of those people. Right, right. Right, like trying to solve problems indirectly. Exactly, but so. not having to necessarily do any of the, the biology part. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So have you ever thought about what... Um, what you want to be done with your body after you pass away a lot yeah. yeah so I have a sort of working document that is out there of what I want to happen well, what do you mean it's out there like, like it's on my like computer a, oh gotcha yeah no it's oh, not okay. on my blog or anything it's not published no gotcha. not yet okay. um it's pretty basic actually I'm an organ donor which I think is important it is very important I am as well yes you should totally 100 everyone should be an organ donor it yes. shouldn't be a choice it should be an opt-out choice not an opt-in choice it should be that's the correct. opposite that's correct if you have for some medical reason or otherwise you want to opt out yes but it should not be an opt-in the way it is now yeah and it shouldn't be through the DMV I don't see how no, that makes any sense no it doesn't make sense like a hated bureaucracy shouldn't be in charge of people's body parts right because you're you're going to negatively check the no box when you're in that line that wraps around five corners yeah so I'm an organ donor and I've also always made it clear that I want my body given to science and so I have a few reasons for that one I think it's a way to be useful too. I'm not super worried about what happens with my body. Like, I don't think that that's tied to who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, I was part of a, a sort of strange, in retrospect, high school program where I was a pre-pre-med student, if that makes oh, sense. Okay. Yeah. So we went to Drexel and they had a body lab and yeah. they took us, we were all 10th going on 11th graders to the body lab. Yeah. So we saw human cadavers. Wow. And I don't do well, like, if someone scrapes their knee, I don't want to look at it. Yeah. But this didn't bother me at all. Interesting. So I don't like the fleshiness of living people, mm -hmm. but looking but at a room... the cold, dead right, body was didn't fine. Didn't bother me. Didn't bother you. It was super respectful. It was like, this is tools for people to learn. Right. And these are people who saw something higher in their death than mm -hmm. being pumped full of chemicals. Right. So... I think there are probably, and I know of really good funeral people, but I also know there are people making a living, and yep. I'm just not interested in my body going to that when a medical student or right. someone else can learn right. something. And then when they're done with that, you can take me to the body farm, whatever. So like yeah. every part possible is like good to go. What is the body farm? Just like some <laughs> colloquialism for what? Um, so there are places where they study decomposition. Oh, okay. So there are some in Tennessee and there's some in Texas. And wow. it's where they do forensic science with actual dead bodies. That's cool. So the reason why I think that's important is like people used to extrapolate. Like we assume this is what this murderer did yeah. because this body looks this way. But yeah. they didn't know. So people give up their bodies willingly to be tested upon. Wow. Which is... And so how long does your body... Um last in the first stage of like being used for medical students and stuff like that how long can they preserve your body before it gets shipped off to this body farm do you know that's interesting so i wonder i mean plus you could get the loser of the class and he just botches or she just botches it and right. then you're, you're no good to anybody right. so that's a real possibility yeah i think they're supposed to stitch you back up completely gotcha and plus all my organs are out yeah whatever is useful 
so they do different kinds of tests at body plant farm places because like they're testing things like bodies going through windshields they're testing things like decomp yeah so if you're in a decomp test maybe there's still not a ton left but they could leave you out on the farm for like five years right because that's part of the study that's part of like how how that works on a human body wow that's very interesting and i feel like Mm -hmm. those people probably respect life a lot so again just having that one experience and being pretty young and feeling like these people really respect the process and it's not about making money or like extracting things from sad people right makes sense to me oh yeah 100 percent. and it seems like like a step further than being just an organ donor right it's the ultimate it's the ultimate step after like that's a real awesome sacrifice and i think it also really speaks to how you feel about like what your body means to the rest of your life like in like nothing right (laughs) i I totally agree yeah yeah once you're dead as far as i'm concerned you're dead and that body has nothing to do with like the person that lived within that body yeah i think that's true man so uh, how much have you done research as to how you is this just like would this be in a will of sorts or is this some service that you sign up for while you're alive imagine yeah yeah. they cart you away early yeah right like oh we need bodies (laughs) we're ready yeah um and just i mean people joke about that but before we had a mechanism to do it people just stole bodies so clearly this is better right um it's so, so it seems so necessary and so obvious and so much more, uh, I guess, noble than just putting your body in the ground somewhere. And not not to say anything negative about someone who maybe spiritually feels like they need to be buried, but it's like, check this out. This is like you're you're showing a real use here. We're gonna we're gonna help medicine. We're gonna help science. Like those are real things that that we need to progress in. Well, and it's interesting because I'm not brave at all with myself now. Yeah. Like, I can't give blood. Oh, okay. So I'm, like, making up for it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I can't and won't give blood. I'll pass out. Uh-huh. It totally repulses me. Yeah. But I feel like this is where I compensate. Like, I'm going to come mm. in hard at the end. So with things like this, if you have a, a written document that has your signature, that has, like, your authorship yeah. on it, I've been told that's sufficient. Right. Every- We've had other people say other things on this podcast. Yeah, so I think it depends. Yeah. I think it depends. Um, I do know that for things like do not resuscitate orders, like you yeah. need to get that handled. Yeah. But you also need to know, I think, the people in your life. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, my mom is a big believer in what they call no extraordinary measures. And she knows I'm a big believer in ghosts. Yeah. So her thing with me is like, I'll just haunt you if you don't do what I say, which is effective. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that is very effective. Right. Yes. So, like with final wishes, it's effective to use that. Yeah. Um, if you have things written out and people know your intentions, that's usually the number one. Yeah. I don't really have anything good to give away, so like I have said to people before, like you and you can have my books, which yeah. is my biggest asset. Mm-hmm. So, like I have my books and my other things. I have personal things I would care about, but beyond that, I'm like. I have a 10-year-old car. You know, there's not... Yeah, right, right. Anything well, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, what do you want? My comics, my action figures? Yeah. My books? Like, the, all the plants in my apartment or something? Yeah, you know? Like, what? I don't really have much to offer. But it's interesting because when it comes to, like, post-mortem, what to be done with your body... That's bigger. I think that's, that's way the bigger. important That's way thing. bigger. Yeah. And to me, that's more tangible because I don't have a lot of stuff to bequeath. 
So it makes more sense, like, no, but you're going to use my organs, right? And you're going to do this. And, yeah, that's, so that does make more sense. Yeah. I think it forces people to think about you as an actual person, like, instead of having a place where they're visiting you, where you're, like, right. rotting and filled with bugs. Right. And you're in, like, an uncontrolled science experiment. Yeah. Like, you're pumped full of stuff. Yeah. You're, I, I will also just be straight up, like... I don't think we know as much as we say we do about when people are actually dead. Yeah. I will say that, number one. Number two, why not be in a room of scientists in case I'm actually alive? Very true. That's not a terrible idea. Right. That seems like if you, for whatever reason, do seem to come back, a better scenario to be in than underground. It's just terrifying. Yeah. So I'm claustrophobic. So it's yeah. like I have some selfish things and some selfless things. Like... Can't give blood now, so I'll do it later. Yeah. I am super afraid of being buried alive. So I feel like the science is still iffy as a non-scientist. I'm locked in syndrome. I'm not taking that chance. Right. I don't blame you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. That. We, don't, we don't know. No, we don't. We, we don't. don't know at all. So like... Yeah, that makes so much more sense. And so you have this thing in writing. Do you, are you going to pursue any sort of like legal ramifications to making sure that it happens or, I mean, yeah, but, and it's also like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you're a young person. Mm -hmm. So to like jump the gun and get people, when is it ever too soon to do that? Like, you know, Mm. you seem to have your mind made up. Right? So, I mean, it could go in writing at any time, I guess. But it's like, eh, you know, I guess I'm in my late 20s. I don't know. Do I really, is it, is it, do I seek legal counsel about this? Or um, my method I love is you just mail it to yourself. Yes, so I've also heard some yeah, conflicting you just, reports you can do on that. this podcast. Uh, you can mail it to yourself. I don't give a shit what anyone else says. I haven't mailed anything to myself, but... I feel like having something in writing does make it more real for people. Yes. But also I feel like, let's say people totally don't respect my wishes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what you did. Yeah. Like, that's something you have to work with. Right. So you think that's like a karma thing? I don't know. I believe in karma because I think it's simple. Yeah. Like, life isn't a domino stack like this, that. Right. Right. But I think ultimately, like, to disrespect what someone wants when Mm -hmm. they're dead is one of the most selfish things you can do. Oh, I totally agree. So by the same token, if someone wants to be buried, they want those things, they want to be cremated, yeah. like that's what they deserve. So this is when you would, you'd come back as a ghost and haunt them. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's that direct, can, but... Does like, yeah, can you choose like to come back maliciously as a ghost, do you think? So I don't think that's how it works. But what I do think is so... When my, when my body stops working, mm-hmm. I think that my personhood enters a wider universe and yep. becomes a different form of energy mm-hmm. that isn't about personhood. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Like, I'm not super concerned about myself, this body, this person, my books, my stuff, because I think death is the way that you leave your body into a, a broader spectrum of experience. Gotcha. Like, if you recall, time is a flat circle. Yeah. Like, I think time is in some ways a flat circle. It's endless loops. So death is not the end. It's the start of something different. Okay. For your personhood. Right, right. It's like the next step. I think it's 
it's you being freed from living on earth and being part of a body and yeah. something of your consciousness for a period of time entering into something different. But not like specifically a heaven or a hell or anything no. like that. Right? No. I think those are shorthand. Yeah. But I don't think and I guess I'm taking a big gamble. I don't think we're punished or rewarded at yeah. the end. I don't think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um and I say that because I think that's a really effective way to control people <laughs> when they're yeah. in their bodies. Yeah. 100%. I have said often that I find it very hard to believe that if there's a divine plan that there's a scorecard. Right. It doesn't it doesn't it make doesn't sense. make any sense right. at all to me. Um, so I find it very hard to believe that like if my tally was somehow off or my belief system wasn't right, if there is a, a greater plan, I was made as part of that. Yeah. So I don't see how those two things would go together. Right. It doesn't it doesn't it's not logical. Right. Yeah. When it comes to like the thought process behind it all, it's just like, yeah, what, who's, okay, so there's a judgment part, but you told me not to judge the whole time. Yeah, whatever. And I mean, I guess I've gotten into religion a couple times on this podcast before, but um, yeah, heaven and hell. I, you know, I, I think it's really silly people who believe in the devil. Oh, see, see, that's interesting because I think. I think there are nuggets that are useful of like the devil concept. 100% useful. Yeah, but there's not like a person. And I, as someone who grew up Catholic and like renounces probably all religion and is like a very um, proud atheist, I guess I'd say. Like very, very sure in myself Mm -hmm. when I say that. Um, A lot of the... uh, life lessons that I learned growing up Catholic I think were good for the most part you know you learn a lot of the right things to do and like why to do the right things but it's not it's like very fear stricken Mm -hmm. like that's that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever so I think the reason why I don't like so you also hear people say like he's the devil she's the devil yes and I think that's not useful because it makes it seem like the really bad things people do aren't human, which it is. Right, right. And I think like we're on a spectrum between like human and animal. Mm-hmm. And I think there are things that we do as people that are more primal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what it is more than like this person is the devil. Right, because you're taking away from like the personalization that is what they did. Yeah. You're just like attributing it to something else rather than themselves. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, fuck the devil. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever thought about what your epitaph might say? Or anything like that? I mean, what, so, if your body gets donated to science, there's no gravestone. That's there. 100% correct. And right. so, everyone who also knows about these other stipulations right. knows that I want a bench in my name cool. somewhere. Cool. Okay, cool. That's just going to ask. A bench yeah. with your name on it somewhere. A bench gotcha. with my name on it. Maybe like a, a sweet quote from a book or something like that? Yes, like something pleasant, something nice. Yeah. Not a bummer. I don't no. want people to feel bummed out, like that I had to die for them to have a place to sit. Um, That's like really, <laughs> yeah. really rude thing to have on a sign yeah. that's on a bench. You're Allison welcome. Allison died for this bench. You're welcome. Well, yeah. that's the Catholic Church, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. That, it he died for this bench. Yes. Um, so I don't want an epitaph because I don't want there to be that place where people visit me. Yeah. Um, a bench, though, would be really cool. Like, I like the idea of a bench because mm-hmm. it's useful. And then, you know what? Like, someday it's probably going to get washed away. Someone's going to not maintain it. And that's totally cool. Yeah. Because it was a useful thing. Right. Um, 
I also don't want people to boil me down to a quote or to my relationships to other people. So if you go on old gravestones, it's like, she was this, this, and this. Right. And on really old gravestones, you don't even get a name. No. It'll say relict of or wife of. Right. I'm not about that. I agree 100%. Or even, you know, sister, daughter, all of those things. Right. Um, Make it more about the person and not their, well, I guess it could maybe their accomplishments. Yeah, But not like their family members or not. It's interesting, like, uh, what, what would you like to define you when it comes to something like that? I feel like being a, like, she was a useful person. Yes. And here she is a bench. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's great. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I guess that would depend on each person. Right. Right. Some people would remember you for your personal relationships with them or True. maybe your career, depending on how they experienced you in life. I think it is true. There's some quote, you know, like people remember how you make them feel, not things that you do. And I think that's true. I also think one of the coolest things is when people lead such an important life that all these other people have opportunities they never would have had and you can't even fully trace it back. Yeah. But those people know that like things they were able to do is because of that person. Like that's not something you put on a bench. Right. Um, For my... For my research, I studied a person who was like highly influential and mm-hmm. spent a really long time like getting things dedicated after her. And then her, um, the way that people perceived her changed, and they literally took her name off of things. And this wow. was a person who spent, you know, like close to fifty years trying to build a certain kind of legacy. Yeah. And now that's all gone. And so, you know, you can't rely on people because they're so fickle. To right. even you could put right. all this effort into building a certain kind of legacy, right. and it may not matter because someone is just going to see you some other way for whatever reason. Or trends change, and right. and those contributions aren't seen as valuable anymore. Right. Right. Um, if you look at colonial gravestones, like some of them, people find really insulting the things they say about right. women, especially. Mm-hmm. But that's because we think about people differently. Like yeah. things that were an honor to them right. are like, oh, it's so insulting. Why would right. you say that? Um, there's probably gravestones that talk about people being plantation owners and how many slaves they may have owned. Yeah. And that was a thing to brag about at the time. Yeah. And now you look at it and you're like, wow, what an enormous piece of shit. But you're right. It's totally different. The perception is totally different two, three hundred years ago. And people are entitled to that. I mean, without getting into this, people are entitled to that in their backyard, in their local cemetery. Yeah. They're not entitled to be in the middle of every city. Yeah. That's a separate thing. Right. But, right. Yeah. So no statue, no gravestone. Well, no. <laughs> statue is a bit far off, but yeah. The statue with a bench? What about bench, statue, and corporation? If there was a cool gnome attached to the bench, oh, okay. I would like that. Nice. Yeah. Because nice. that, be, that would be like a nice nod to my physical presence in life as a shorter person. Gotcha. Yeah. You kind of self-identify with gnomes a little. A little bit. Is that I'm, insulting to ask? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. I like gnomes and... I think one of the reasons why I first started thinking about spiritual stuff was I was probably in ninth grade and someone turned to me and said, well, you're really short. And I said, oh, am I? And it had literally never occurred to me that I was maybe a shorter person and I'm not a little person by any stretch, but it had literally never occurred to me. And I, 
I work with people, I'm around people sometimes who are like above six feet. And I literally think we're not different in size. That's amazing though, right? That's how <laughs> life should be, right? So it, it's a thing, and I'm not going down the, the racist road of I'm colorblind. Yeah. Like that's clearly something different. But with height, I have a very skewed perception of my place in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that first got me thinking like, oh, I'm not just like a person in a shell. Right. Like I have this way that I think I move through the world. Right. And then I look at myself in pictures and I'm like, oh, that, that person is 6'5", is a foot and a half taller than me. Right. Like, that's striking. Right. But I don't know it when I'm living it. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Um, so when it comes to life expectancy and like health consciousness, is that something that you think about at all? Kind of, I mean, I would say more out of vanity. Yeah. Just being honest. Yeah. yeah. No, 100. I, I lost 70 pounds not to be healthy because I would rather look at a skinny version of myself in the mirror than a heavier version. That's what's most important. It's nice to be healthier, to have like a lower resting heart rate. It is. You know, it things is. like that. It's good to be healthy. It's good to be healthy. I totally agree. I like being healthy, but I like seeing a skinnier version of myself more than I like being healthy. Yeah. I mean, who who doesn't to some right. small degree? It's interesting because listening to this podcast, I feel like I've never heard men my age mm -hmm. talk about that. Oh my God. Out I loud. am so self-conscious about and I'm sure my body you're shape. Not alone. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you're not alone. Every chance I get to look in a mirror, I do. It's 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 awful. Yeah. And I'm glad that I've lost weight because it makes those glances in the mirror a little less like hate, like hideous. But I still see myself and I'm like, oh, you know, like all the time. I would say one of the things I've noticed is like people who are portrayed as plus size on TV are not plus size, number one. Right. Number two, women's clothes have words, not numbers. Mm -hmm. right, so, a word like petite sucks. Just give me numbers, like tell right. me what size I am, what those numbers are. Right. And I think when you look at TV, it's like, okay, well, clearly I'm not supposed to look like this supermodel. But it's like, I, don't, I also don't look like this plus size person who's not actually chubby. She's just like literally a larger person, like she's right. taller. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like, so what does a normal person actually look like? Because we're primarily obese in this country. Mm -hmm. So it's very confusing. Right, it is. So it's like, I know like this isn't correct. This isn't correct. What am I supposed to look like right. among these things? And then you buy clothes and it's all words. It's not numbers. So you can't tell if you've really changed. Right. And that's very confusing, I think. Yeah, it is confusing. But it, it shouldn't be anything that we like judge each other's character on. But it, so much of it is. I mean, because of... Like all the people that we see in media, on TV, in the movies, like every skinny actress that you see, she's probably skinnier than you imagined, you know? So like exactly what you said, every yeah. plus size person in a movie, no, it's just like a little bit taller. <laughs> right. It's like, what? They're, they're not large. Yeah, they're not large. Like Ashley Graham is the perfect example of this. Mm -hmm. Not a large person by any means. No. Um, it just doesn't fit in with that thin thin, super slender Hollywood, like, fashion, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. There's also something, too, now, so, like, if you follow different kinds of people on Instagram where people are not just petite, like, they're just actually so thin and lean. Like, a lot of um, people who've been on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, oh, okay. you follow those people. Yeah. 
they're just incredibly small people in a way that's like actually a little disturbing right because they'll be holding their toddlers or other children and like the children's proportions are larger almost right right. and it's like well that's not what people i guess are supposed to look like either and that's part of that whole casting process right like it's part of who they're cherry picking for those shows are those almost unattainable body types you know and let's i mean you know let's pump the brakes someone like jennifer aniston is lucky period she works hard yeah she works very hard but jeans i mean like there are more than so many different factors go into it yes having good genes having great discipline what you can eat your the speed of your metabolism all these things come into a factor right right so some people are supremely lucky yeah. yeah, I mean, people age differently. Right. That's yeah. a fact. People's skin does different things that you right. can't control. I mean, I walk a lot. That's probably the best way that I try to be sort of healthy. Yeah. But I don't think about it as like a deterrent to death. I do think about it as like a... Well, because it's not like a definite deterrent. No. You know? <laughs> like I could work out every day. You could still get hit by a bus. I was just going to say, yeah. particularly while walking. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. so... Yeah. Sometimes the couch is safer. Sometimes the couch is safer, yeah. Um, I don't think of it as a way to like cheat death. I think of it as a way to like optimize life. Because you do feel better yeah, when you, you work do. out. Yes. Um, our gym is a little bit smelly. It's a little bit weird. Is this like the gym at work? or No, this is the gym near my house, which is a workout gotcha. world. Which workout is just world. Okay. a little foul. Yeah, I'm familiar with the little <laughs> Yeah. I've like, never been. You don't need to. Yeah. Um, I've stopped going there as much as possible unless the weather's really bad. And I yeah. just walk around job lot instead. Oh, okay. Which I find really pleasant. Job lot is um, some great stuff. <laughs> this is it's not sponsored, killer. but it should be. No. Um, if you know me, I'm at job lot every other day. Every other day? Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's great. Because you can always find something you want. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't need anything, it's a legit place to be like, oh, I thought I wanted this thing. Yeah. I bought light bulbs. But just it's so... <laughs> it's, Same reason. It's so random because um, their buyers are so all over the map. Yeah, so everything is like, it's always changing. You can go in there. So th- there's one right near that workout world. Yeah, so I live about a quarter of a mile from a job lot. Yeah. So by the time I walk to the job lot, yeah. I do laps, and then I take a very long route home. Mm-hmm. That's like a decent walk, and yeah, I feel that's... like I'm seeing something. Yeah. They play fun music. Yeah. Um, and the people who work there are very pleasant mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, Way less like, boring than like getting on a treadmill or something. Yeah, because I've heard that's bad for you in some ways. Why is that? Like physically, walking yeah. on a treadmill is so unnatural that it's not the best. Right. I'm not sure the way that I walk around is the best either. Mm-hmm. But um, gyms are just very depressing to me. Yeah, they're awful. I yeah. don't like the music. No one's listening to it. I'm trying to listen to a story. I'm trying to focus. Yeah. Um, there's something sort of inspiring about people who are like really going for it at the gym, mm-hmm. but their um, like their striving makes me uncomfortable. It's interesting because it's like a mirror. Yeah. Where like you see someone who is just like really going for it. Yeah. And it makes me feel like a weird kind of repulsion mm-hmm. where I'm like I should be doing that and right. I would do that if I cared a little, a little bit, bit more. Yeah. And I just yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. So you see those people and it's like, that's a discomfort to me. It's like, it takes me back to when people who couldn't read well were asked to read in class. Yes. That's not nice. That's not no, nice. That's I not say nice. that, but it's a discomfort. But it is a great analogy. It is a great analogy. Because they're trying so hard yeah. and sometimes it's 
it's genuinely inspirational because like people are working at a thing that's really hard and right. really not fun. Right. But that striving makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because I was not one Am I of... fat shaming? Should we edit that out? You think so? I don't no. think you're fat shaming. Okay, I'm, I'm not no. at all. I'm not I don't think all. so. No. But no, that's very interesting because I sometimes might be that guy at the gym. that go, Like, I get on the bike sometimes, like the elliptical, for like an hour and I'm like drenching with sweat when I get off. And there are plenty of people who are at their own pace, but... To be honest, I'm, that's interesting because I might be a little bit self-conscious about that now. Oh, no. No, that's totally fine. But I think that's something that like, I don't know, because there are some people who like you can tell are competing with each other at the gym even though they're not friends. And yes. I can't speak to this as much, but my girlfriend, there is this one lady at the gym that constantly gets on the treadmill next to her and it's is a move. always like one-upping when she goes up like one on the incline or one in the miles per hour, this person will go up like one more. That's real. Yeah. It that's is a real. real thing. That people are like having these silent competitions with themselves, but like with these other people to help motivate them, which is kind of cool, but it's also really weird. It's like, it's cool that you're motivating yourself, but it's like, uh, get away from me. I think people who happen to look at me are like, why is she here? Because she's barely trying. Yes, yeah, that's, that's in, not right. Right. No, no, no. I've never had a negative encounter. I think that of myself. Gotcha. Like, I'm not up in the treadmill. Yeah. I keep it flat. Yeah. Every now and then I'll go on like two. Yeah. And I saw someone post a picture once, like, the person next to me is doing a 20-minute mile. Like, why even bother? And I was on like a 22-minute oh, sure, mile. sure, sure. Um, that's 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 fat shaming like that's yeah because like anyone who goes to the gym should be commended for trying to better themselves no matter what stage they are of the betterment and that's what I want to feel right it's the striving right it's like you're afraid thing... that other people are gonna think that about you well, it's also, it's like, this is the thing that we're all clearly doing to right. try to avoid obesity, but right. the fact that it's so out in the open. Right. It's very and, vulnerable. And what's interesting too is, so I walk around our neighborhood all the time mm -hmm. and people will say, but you're like just walking in front of people's house. Like that's even more open. Yeah. So I'm like the only person really who I see regularly all the time walking through the neighborhood yeah. aside from a few people with dogs. And so I'm sort of both more open, but I feel like I can play it off as like, oh, no, no, this is just my walk. This right. is just, it's not that same, I think, embarrassing level of like, I'm trying so hard to do cardio. Right, right. Which should be commendable. No, it should be. But there's that self-consciousness to it that's really like, oh, I think that I could be in better shape almost sort of thing. It's like you're almost throwing yourself under the bus by going to the gym. Well, that's what you think that you're doing, even though that's the total wrong mindset to be in. Like, it's a very negative way of looking at it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I should work out more. <laughs> be that person. Yeah. I, there's something, I think, sort of almost primal about the line of treadmills. Like, it's so animal to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it is. It's so vulnerable. It's so animal. Yeah. And people are sweating publicly, which is gross. It is gross. The bathrooms are foul. I shouldn't say that because like, I pay them to go there. But it's a very uncomfortable place. I mean, place. I go to Planet Fitness that's not too far from this workout world. And oh, it's really? It's right next to 
another job lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really nice. Is it? It's really, they just renovated the whole thing. This is not sponsored by Planet Fitness either. <laughs> but it should be. But yeah. they just renovated the whole thing. And the people who work there are very nice. They're always cleaning all of the machines. Like, they're very, it's, it's a cool place. It's not bad. I mean, my bathroom doesn't ever smell that musty or anything. No. It's interesting, too. You commented that one of them, like, acknowledged your T-shirt and that that made you uncomfortable. Yes. And I feel the same way. Like, I'd rather they ignored me. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> this guy has commented on not only my T-shirt, but now he's commented on my mustache, which I don't know if you've ever <laughs> talked about on this show before. But so right now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I have, like, rather strong mustache, right? Yeah. I get a lot of the times people trying to make joke comments to me about, like, oh, you're like a pedophile with that mustache. I do not care for that at all. Yeah. That is rude as hell to say about me. This guy is always telling me that he likes my mustache, which is a nice thing to say, but he is judging me. This is supposed to be the judgment-free zone. I just think there's no there's no need to have a comment. No. There's actually no need to have a conversation. No. I love when they're all on their phones and they don't look up. That's 100%. my favorite thing. Say, hey, how even, are you? Or say, have a nice yeah. day. That's where I want it to end. Because it exposes the thing you're most afraid of, which is like they're directly commenting on your body. Right. And the whole point of the gym is like, I need my body to be better and I don't want to talk about it, but I'm right. publicly working on it. Right. So that kind of comment this is like very disturbing. We're all on the same page here. We're here to work out. We're yeah. here to not talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all being vulnerable. It's like you read like those like motivational memes or whatever online. It's like, don't worry about people looking at you at the gym. They're all worried about themselves. Like that's it's what you true, hope. It's actually. not true because the people who work there are true. telling me, I don't even care if you tell me you're like my X-Files shirt. He told me and then the person like working next to him was like, oh, let me see the shirt. And so I had to stop and turn around. I do not like that at all. I don't like really talking no. to strangers in public at all, let alone at the gym. Like while I'm in this t-shirt that I never wear anywhere else but the gym, you know, it's like oh, so uncalled for. I left a gym because it had a high elderly population. Yep. And so they would be there. I had a job where I was working from home, so I'd go during the middle of the day sometimes. And a big reason why we don't go there anymore mm. is because people just want to strike up a chat. Yes. And I'm not interested in that. There are a lot of elderly people at my gym that love doing that. And it's it just infuriating. They'll stand at like an elliptical and talk for like 10, 15 minutes with someone else. It's also a thing of like, it's such an invasion of space. Like we had a pool at this gym yeah. and it's such a visceral memory. It was like the only day off I had in a while that had two different things going on, like work-wise. And I had finally gotten a fiction book to read and I crack it open and someone sits down and talks to me. And to me, opening a book is a huge cue of like, not here for the chat. Oh, hell yeah. 100%. <laughs> here for the swimming, here right. for the reading, here for the sitting outside. Yeah. And it progressed through a series of questions that I just didn't really feel like explaining or getting into. Um, and it was just such a, a violation of privacy, it felt like, even though I'm in a public place where yeah. it was like, yeah. I've set out all the cues where I'm not interested in, in having a chat. And within a work context or other kinds of contexts, I'm super friendly. That's part of what I do. Yeah. But there are other times where it's like, I'm not being that right now, so I'm not interested in this. Yeah. Like that, I've part of that part just turned off for now. I'd rather right. rather be just me for the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I love and hate the gym. Like it's like a fine place. It's nice that the weather's getting a little bit nicer around here. I can spend more time burning calories outside and not have to go to the gym, but it's just like 
Oh, all these, mach the convenience of all the machines, you know? It's like, but machines are so boring. I'd rather go hike, you know? I think, I think treadmills, because treadmills were initially a form of punishment. Were they? Yeah, so treadmills- Dating back to when? Uh, I think 18th century or 19th oh, century. It's literally, it was a form of punishment. Yeah. So if you look at very old, like English machines, they yeah. would be powered by water or they would be powered by human movement. And gotcha. people would have to physically move on the treadmill to keep yeah. it, to keep to the keep wheel turning, going. to turn other things. Yeah. And so if you were a prisoner, if you were under punishment, part of your hard labor would be literally walking on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's revealing that like we don't do enough work-wise most millennials to like physically exert ourselves. So right. then we like go on a torture machine right. to get us there. Yeah. No, like you might no just like enjoy the outdoors a little bit more. Go walk around the city or town or woods that you live near. But chemically, you do feel better. Yeah, you and do. And that's the disturbing part. Yeah, like you, you do. do actually. But feel I feel better. better if I walk. If I'm just going to ride my bike. Or get on the get on the trainer at the like the bike trainer at the gym. I'd rather get on my bike. Oh, for sure. It's way better to be outside in the fresh air with the sun, you know, hearing the birds or whatever the hell. It's so much better than like that Taylor Swift song that I can hear through my own headphones because I'm listening to a podcast or something, you know. Yeah. And it's like that just blares every single time I'm at the gym. And like you said, no one's listening to that music. No, absolutely no. No one. one. Everyone has headphones in or a book or a. Kindle or something. I think it's because you don't want to hear other people's bodily noises. Right. So they're trying it to muffle that out. helps drown out all of that, which which is good. Like people's faint cries right. of distress. Yes, exactly. That you don't want to right. hear. Everyone is actually yelling, help me. <laughs> right. You just can't hear it because Justin it's Bieber. It's so quiet. Okay, I love right. Justin Bieber. but No, um, there's this one song today, and at Planet Fitness, they like play the music video on some of the screens at the same time. Oh, I like that. He's got some sweet dance moves, that Biebs. He's very talented. He is very talented. Now, you're like, are you like a huge fan? I mean, I don't, I mean, like, I follow him on social media. Yeah. I'm proud of him, if that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. Um, I feel like clearly there's a lot more people listening to his and other top 40 music, but people don't admit it because yeah. they think it's anti intellectual. Oh, 100%. I like what he's done with himself because he's one of many child stars whose parents weren't good parents. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things he was doing were literally egged on by his dad and yeah. people encouraged him to do. And that's not really his fault, but I think he has raw talent that people don't acknowledge. Mm -hmm. I also think Taylor Swift has raw talent, but she's nefarious and she's not a good person. Yes. She, I think she's talented too. I also agree that she's not a good person. I think she's ruthless. And I think we're being sold something really unhelpful to women. Oh, yes. Yes. Just like you have to chase after every sort of guy that breaks your heart. Mentality. I don't even care about that. Here's where I took issue with her. Okay. So she got all this bad press for being chasing after men, for being with like different men, right? Even oh, though it sure. was like normal. Right. And then she pivoted for her next album to be the world's best friend. And I take, right, so all her oh, social okay. media became about her friends. Gotcha. Not about her boyfriends. So gotcha. it was all about her female friendships and her yeah. weekends with her girls and all these things. Yeah. And I've talked about this with my friends at great length. Like, my female friendships are so important to me. Yeah. Someone slapping that on a t-shirt and selling it and then going after women selling stuff about it on Etsy yeah. is terrible. Right. 
it's all about her. It's all about her bottom line. She's a capitalist. That's what she's after. Just own it. I don't like to be sold a tycoon in like a tutu. You know what I mean? Right. No. And that's what she is. That's what she is. So if you want Fortune 500, that's her. She's not a good female role model. Hell yeah. You fucking tell her. (laughs) No, I'm scared. No. Um, I doubt she listens. She might listen. She might. Maybe She might listen. She might go through the backlogs. I think she's incredibly devious. That's an honest opinion. So are you a fan of her music at all? Or this totally sways you away from her because because of the way you feel? Because you said that you thought she was talented. Of course. Her early stuff is amazing. I like some of her more recent pop. Like you can't deny it because it's been so perfectly engineered. It is super engineered. A lot of it is very catchy. Like yeah, I can think of as someone who doesn't even listen to top forty radio, I can think of like a handful of her singles. Of course. Off the top of my head right now. Like hardly even having to try. Very, very catchy. But I think there's something about her and there's something about Beyonce, like what you are, you're capitalists. Yes. You're women and you're capitalists. Yes. That doesn't make you a feminist. Doesn't right. Right. make you a lot of things. It makes you a certain kind of female role model. Mm-hmm. Um I can like your music, but also be like, I know what I'm being sold here, and I don't have to buy all of it. Yeah. I was talking about Lemonade earlier. That's not autobiographical. That's oh, a lemonade, product she's this. selling you. Beyonce's. Yeah, so I album. don't really care for Beyonce whatsoever, and so I know like the names of these songs, but I don't even know what they sound like. I just don't like her music, nor do oh. I. I just don't like her music, yeah. It has nothing to do with like her personality or anything. I've just always just been like, no thanks, and kind of not paid attention to her. I I really like her early stuff. I really like her yeah. girl group stuff. Yeah. I had a hard time after her Super Bowl appearance. So I was teaching when that happened, and I taught a class like the next week. Mm-hmm. And we talked about you know the way she used Black Panther imagery and all these yeah. things. There is nothing about her that is radical or Panther-like, period. Yeah. And that's a controversial opinion because yeah. people want her to be a certain thing. Yes. Jay-Z has taken an interesting turn towards social activism yeah. and like really putting money into like bail reform, like serious issues. Yeah. The day I hear her actually give a full-length talk on any kind of issue mm-hmm. is the day that I'll change my mind. Gotcha. You producing music that happens to speak to a certain kind of moment but never backing it with anything, I'm yeah. not into it. Right. It's just, it's, it's empty. There's no like real backing to it or anything. Right. Interesting. Lemonade, was that a song or an album? It's both. So it's a concept gotcha. album. Oh, it's a concept. The it's, bit, it's it came the out like a year album. ago or so. It was huge, right? Everyone loved it. A lot of people loved it. So people who worked on that, yeah. um, since you're a, a tech production person, mm-hmm. people were constantly quitting because the really? pay wasn't good and oh, the working hours weren't good. Yeah. I just have a hard time. Like if you really want to be an ally to oppress people. Yeah. Like, live up to that somewhere. Whether right. that's in your business, your clothing line, right. even just things you say. But and hearing I'm, these stories of people who are overworked and underpaid just seems... Not buying it. Totally hyper- hypocritical. Yeah. Do you have an Oscar? I, there, I do not. No. Oh, okay. I think that's a... That looks like a... That's probably a prop Oscar. No one in this studio has oh, okay. an Oscar. Believe me. That... I wish it was real. No. Well, whoever bought it, I'm going to have to tell you that you... I thought it was real. Yeah, you thought it was real. That'd be awesome. Maybe so, hopefully someday. That's that's the goal, right? I think. Yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about ghosts some more. Yes. Yeah. So, so. We, 
we kind of talked about a little bit before how you feel what like what happens to you know your essence mm-hmm. after death i mm-hmm. guess is that the right word you'd use essence i think so yeah it's not really a soul you do you think it's a soul or i think soul like mm-hmm. god and heaven and yeah. all those other things yeah they're they're conceptual buckets to put things in, yeah. but it's not the be-all, end-all. So you're more thinking like energy, life force, sort of. I think energy is the key. Yeah. And when it comes to ghosts, do you, how do you think that factors into this? So I think there are such things as spectral visions. Yeah. I think people get what we would call psychical messages and mm-hmm. feelings. I think we're living through a century, century and a half where we're not being attuned to those things. So as part of my work as a historian, I looked really closely at famous mediums from the 1800s. And so if you only read later reports, there's this idea that they were all debunked, none of them were legitimate. And there's the obvious dynamic, they're almost all female, there's like two men, and all the researchers are male. Yeah. And we have a discomfort culturally with scientists not being able to explain things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not anti-science. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not against any of those things. I'm against people thinking that you can prove everything through the scientific method. Gotcha. I think there are things that exist about humans and spirit and energy that can't just... necessarily be understood scientifically. And that's exactly the point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that there are things about the human experience that shouldn't be like run through a machine to determine if they're true. I think people have different kinds of knowledge and awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are people in the world who are literally sensing the world differently, but we're being trained to think that there's only certain kinds of ways to exist. So we don't trust things that are communicated to them. Yeah. So... Like, I've gone to spiritualist church. I've gone to those kinds of things. Um, I think there is a validity to people like Penn and Teller who say, like, a lot of mediums and psychics are people running a show. Yeah. And a lot of them are frauds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is something to being open to having experiences that aren't intellectual and that aren't physical. And I think that's really important. Like, I'm open to different things happening. I've never seen a ghost because I don't think that's how it works for me personally. There's this notion that if you are interested in the intuitive world and interested in psychical pulses and beings and all these things, that your life course, like your journey is already leading you toward that. But there's going to be people who just aren't, they're not in that life cycle. Leading you toward what? Uh, Discovering it more during life or becoming more of that in the afterlife? So it's all about, for me, that piece of it, it's all about what you're able to perceive and handle in this lifetime. Gotcha. So again, with the flat circle thing, I think that we're all on kind of endless loops of spirit and energy. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's as simple as like, were you a queen in your past life? No, that's not how it works. Right. But I think that there are fundamental elements of human spirit and energy that constantly circulate. Yeah. And I think that people in their lifetime are working out stuff that happened when pieces of their spirit and energy lived other lives within a certain period. Interesting. Like I think things happen to us and we meet people that mm-hmm. we're supposed to meet. Like, I have very good friends, and I know that we coexisted in another time. And I don't know how I know that, but I don't care about putting that through a test of a form of right. intellectual you don't have to knowledge. say it's reincarnation no. or anything. I just know it. Right. If you saw Cloud Atlas... I have. That movie was a huge affirmation for me. Yeah. Um, 
there are many points where someone just says, I know I know it. Yeah. And they can't articulate. Mm-hmm. And I think we culturally would do really well to be okay with accepting ambiguity, lack of knowledge. Yeah. I think we have people who are both like super happy to be ignorant and not mm-hmm. think and people who make a fetish out of science and it's not useful. Yeah. People don't want to admit that they don't know something a lot of the time. Yes. Yeah. Like psychiatry is a really good example. There's clearly a lot of things about the brain and the mind that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And just because a cohort of people have established a textbook, that doesn't mean we understand how people right. receive and give all kinds of messages. Right. It just might be like the common general consensus on something. Right now. Right. Currently. Yes. Right. I'm not saying it's all invalid. I'm not saying it's garbage. I'm saying I'm super open to other kinds of knowledge and experience. Mm. And I think that's not a bad thing. No. That doesn't oppress people. Yeah. (laughs) So do you think, why do you think, um, like, do you think things are haunted? Do you think it's... uh, when it comes to ghosts, are they always negative? Are they some? Can they be positive? Like, where do you stand on that sort of stuff? So, basically, every new city I go to, always go on a ghost tour. Yep. And the reason I do that is I want to hear the way people narrate sad to- stories. I'm sorry to interrupt, but most cities have ghost tours. Oh God, yeah, Providence yeah. has a great one. I know Providence has one. Yeah. Yes. Um, particularly in the South, it's very gotcha. common, and people have written about that. Yeah. I want to hear someone from that place narrate what they think are the sad stories of that place. Yeah. And I want to hear them talk about things that you won't get on a conventional program. Um, I think things are haunted in the sense that we were talking about, you know, the gravestone, like this person owned this many slaves. Yeah. I don't understand how you could have, um, in what's really a very short period of time, like let's take American history, like so many atrocities, like so much hurt, so much suffering, and imagine that that evaporates because I don't think it does. There are really good scholars who have written about the way that like we are haunted by things people have done, not because there's like a Casper in the corner, but because there's like emotional baggage that I think seeps through life over time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like that's that's what I think haunting is. I don't think it's like beep beep, like this thing is coming through the room. I don't think it's that. But I think ghost tours are a way to think about people who aren't living anymore and why they matter, Mm -hmm. which is what all good history tours should do and usually don't. Like, I feel like people who are talked about as possible ghosts feel more alive than Mm -hmm. just regular people they're talking about. Does that make sense? It does make sense because, so you feel like they feel more alive as the ghost sort of thing. Is that what you mean? Like people who are imagined to have come back as ghosts yeah. get a lot of care and attention in the way that people talk about them because right. they're afraid. Right. I'm right. not afraid. Yeah. Um, I do think that for a certain period of time that we're not meant to understand people's energies circulate mm-hmm. through basic consciousness. So I think of it this way. There's like a psychical pool. Yeah that everyone who is living on Earth right now lives in. I don't care about aliens. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> so, you don't care to even discuss it? Um, I will discuss it. I'm just like not interested not in interested. it. Not interested, yeah. It's like a bucket of things that I'm sure exists mm-hmm. that I feel like is a, a distraction from stuff I'm into. Interesting. <laughs> right? Gotcha. Like, are they yeah. out there? Absolutely. Yeah. Should we have NASA? No, I don't care. No, you don't even care? You don't think we should have them or you don't care to... Or you don't care? Um, NASA existing is good. We need yeah. to know about asteroids. Um, sending people to other planets 
I do not care for. Do you think not into it because we should be doing more research here, sort of thing? Or I think it's a complete distraction. Gotcha. I think for the past fifty years, it's been a complete distraction. Yeah, and I know that that's a controversial opinion. Um, oh, that's great! I love controversial opinions. If you've seen the show The Nick, which was on Showtime, I have not. I've I watched like maybe the first episode. It's yes. really good. John Hamm, right? Or Clive Owen. Clive, Clive Owen. Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to think about Clive it. Clive Owen. There's a scene in The Nick which I felt like it encapsulated the way I think about people. Mm-hmm. This gives, I say this all the time, then I give a lot away, but this really gives nothing away. Um, there's a scene where they're basically trying to make the argument that like this character is inventing psychiatry before oh, your okay. very eyes. But yeah. um, the whole show is about surgeons and like cutting people up. Right, right. And then in the last scene of the show ever, there is a gentleman sitting facing a corner and he's distraught and he's clearly mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And you see this doctor come, who's lost his eyesight, so he can't do surgeries anymore, yeah. come and sit and talk next to him yeah. and really try to get to know his story and try to get things out of him. And they just lock eyes mm-hmm. for this really intense moment, and you can just see him like peering into this other person. And to me, like space is not interesting because there's more happening through here yeah. than there is out there. Right. So I'm pointing to like myself. Versus... Right. So much more to explore within the human element. Yes. Than there is necessarily worth exploring. Um, you think at the moment or ever? I think for right now, for yeah. sure. I think like we we got to the moon, air quotes maybe. That's sure. another opinion. Um, yeah. I don't think it happened when we're told it happened. I'm going to say that. Okay. No, that's fine. I mean, based on. Like, why I am an atheist, I probably shouldn't believe in the moon landing either because it was shown to me on a video. And does that mean it actually happened? Maybe. I didn't see it, you know? Here's the thing. In a country where most people don't even have a basic grasp on elemental physics. Yeah. I don't really care that most people believe it because most people, even the smartest people, can barely begin to understand a fraction of what that means. How to get there. Right, right. So you can show me your picture. You can show me all these things. I'm not not interested in that evidence. I'm saying conceptually, it's not doing anything for me. I don't care. Like, I'd rather read about human experiences Mm -hmm. and think about the way people narrate stories about themselves. Yeah. Talk All to someone day. who had a specific experience or something like that. Like, is life is here. Yeah. Life is here. I'm, I don't, like, when they find stuff on Mars, I'm yeah. like, I could not, I could honestly not be less invested yeah. in those stories. It does nothing for me. But that makes people upset. Yeah, it does. I guess. No, it makes people upset. Yeah. Because it matters to people that we have these ambitions. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like... To change a person's life or to write something meaningful to me is like a bigger leap. Right. Personally. On a human level, instead of, you know, understanding that there was once uh, water on Mars or something. Couldn't care less. Um, To me, like, so this is where I also kind of think about like ghosts and like a human time spectrum. If I'm reading something that was written 2,000 years ago, and I feel like I'm connecting to a person who's not alive, that's part of, like, my concept of ghosts. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. Like, I'm forging this human connection that shouldn't exist because that body has rotted thousands of years ago. Right. Um, To me, like, that's so much more fascinating, but we live in a culture where we privilege science over everything else. Mm -hmm. 
and then like barely that even right. as of yesterday but um like we privilege that way of knowing yeah instead of like what does it mean to actually connect to a person through a story and it's right. like well that's silliness <clears throat> it's so much more um like understand you, you can understand it so much better just connecting with a person instead of just think like looking up at the sky because you could tell me that I'm seeing Mars. Am I? I don't see it. So I have. A, I also have a hard time. It's like I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm not grasping yeah. it. Yeah. And maybe because it's too big. Mm -hmm. But I think like the saddest thing, if you've seen The Martian or movies like that, is like yes. people who go to space and come back. Yes. What is the point? I mean, stay out there or whatever. That's but like so funny. Yes. Like yes. buying milk after you've been on the moon. Right. The fact that those astronauts weren't a complete psychotic mess, right. that's what raises the alarm bell for me. Yeah. For real. Like because to have like, had that experience. Like? And yeah. then be like, oh, like should I get an in-ground pool or an above-ground yeah. pool? Like how could you ever make those decisions right. after you'd seen the Earth? The Earth from the moon. Right. From the space station. Like, uh, what's that movie with George Clooney where he just unplugs himself? Arrival. Spoiler alert. Arrival? No. Departure? No, this is the one with Sandra Bullock. Gravity. Sandra. Gravity. I got that. That yeah. was like the first thing, although I also loved Interstellar a lot. Yeah, I liked Interstellar. Yeah. Interstellar made a lot of sense to yeah. me. Um, but when he just unplugs himself and yeah. he floats away, I was like, that's what they should all do. Right. Makes more sense. Because like, what are you going to do? You're going to hang out with all the pod people on Earth, you know? Right, right. It's like a lot different. I'm going to also say this. I think a positive out of our current administration. Mm -hmm. I saw this online and I was like, yes, someone get him to the different areas that are believed to be occupied by aliens because he'll tell everyone. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of excited for that because other presidents have made promises to tell the truth yeah. about these different areas out right. in New Mexico and they have not told the truth. Right. And so I'm kind of like, tell this guy because then at least we'd all know about the alien highway. Right. Are aliens out there? Obviously. Like, it's oh. not even a question. It's not a question. But can we handle it? No. No, probably not. And if they were to ever come here, it would mean that, like, it would mean, like, scientifically they are leaps and bounds ahead of us. You know, so, like... Or are, are they? Because, like, why come here? I guess that's, like... That's true, too. And this is the difference between science and humanities. It's, like, can, will, why. Right. Why? Like, let's all pump the brakes right. and ask why for a minute. Right, because for all we know, they've flown by and been like, no thanks. <laughs> you know, we're all set. I think that's highly probable. Yeah, totally. Especially seeing the state of things as they are here. Like, you're in this super advanced society that can travel light years. You're going to stop at this planet where we can't even agree on climate change? No. Probably not. You're probably not going to stop. I think the space race was good for what it was. Yeah. And it's like RIP to people we like lost. That. Yeah. Yeah. RIP. Right. Like, that's a huge bummer. Huge thing. Sure. But also going out on top. Yeah. Um, there's that famous story of the astronaut who thought he was having a religious experience because he saw things floating by his capsule oh, and it was yeah. his own urine. Yes. And to me, like, that's highly revelatory of, like, we have a lot of work to do to down do here. here. Yes. Never mind, like, trying right. to have an evangelical experience in space with your own urine. Right, right. That is so disappointing 
and you could gain so much more by just talking to someone about humanity or anything like that. And I think if we were all a little bit more on point about spectral stuff, we'd treat people better. Yeah. Again, not karma, not one plus one equals two, but like yeah. we'd think a little more carefully about like the way that collective sins influence people. Like right. I think that matters. Right, because you feel like what it creates like a negative energy around you or a negative For sure. aura of sorts that just like feeds to more negativity, right? Like it just helps helps breed more negativity at that point. If did you watch American Horror Story season two? I did not. It's the asylum season. Okay. But the central theme is like, how long can you stare into the face of depravity and not become depraved? Oh, okay. Interesting. It's like, that's a question. Yeah. Like, we should all be asking ourselves that. Like, how long can you look at suffering, pain, and not become... Inflicted with it. Evil's not the right word, but like, not be subsumed by that darkness. Right. Like, I don't think we can imagine that life after death is like this shoot where people go up or go down because mm-hmm. that's really easy. No, it is easy. It's a... It, it's... Yeah, it's simplifying it to understand it more, but you're not really understanding it. You're just trying to... I don't know. It's like you're you're bullshitting yourself, basically. Yeah. I think it makes things neat. And then for people who are nervous, it's like, well, this could be my outcome, but yeah. I still have hope. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I... I think we're living through a time where people are going to have another big shift. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a really cool time to be alive in some ways because we're allowed to think these things. Like, as a regular person, I would have never been allowed to read almost anything I read in my lifetime. Yeah. So that's exciting, but it also has a heavy burden, I think. Why is that? Because you're able to conceptualize things that other people didn't have access to. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Like, the 1600s were a time where people were really into mystical Mm -hmm. stuff, and they had a lot of investment in dreams and visions. Um, So think of them less as, like, people with Puritan hats and more, like, people who would own an incense shop. Yeah. Like, they really believed in visions and um, were very afraid of spectral consequences for things they were doing. Mm -hmm. And they believed, for example, like, if you murdered a person and went near them, their body would bleed. So, like, say you didn't murder a person and they just, like, happen to have an oozing sore. Like, yeah. you're done. It's right. over. Um, but they had a very different way of thinking about how people have consequences and what happens when you die. And I think we're probably going to have another one of those periods where we're more open. Yeah. I hope. Right. Me too. Because it's so... Everyone thinks the same... Well, for the most part, everyone thinks that it's the same process... You need to have a very traditional wake, funeral, well, at least in American culture, very traditionally a wake, a funeral, and then a burial of sorts. It seems like maybe cremation is becoming a little bit more popular. Oh, for sure. Because um, you can order it over the internet now. You can order your own cremation over the internet? So yours or someone else's. Yeah. And they will do everything through like FedEx. So you never even have to deal the with the person. The body gets shipped through FedEx? No, so like the body, like say someone you are not invested in dies in a hospital. Yeah. You make a phone call, that person is picked up, their ashes are then FedEx to you. Gotcha. So you never deal with anything. Gotcha. And a lot of times people don't even pick up the package. Really? Yeah. So there are, there are cremains being mailed around all the time? Oh yeah, that's legal. Yeah, that's legal. You can do that. What else can you mail that's sitting next to my mail all the time? 
Can you mail, like, bodily fluids? I'm sure laboratories do. Oh, my God. In tubes, I'm sure. Sitting next to, like, my entertainment weekly magazine. Right, Oozing in. Yeah, exactly. Um, A a crematologist? Cream... Cremator woman wrote yep. a autobiography about like how she thought people were becoming too detached from the process because you could just get your Crimean ship to a yeah, PO that's box. Cr- that's crazy. And like never pick it up. Right. Just um, forget, more or less forget about these cremains. Is cremains like a legitimate? I think cremains is a real word. It's a real portmanteau. Because it's not, I feel like someone else talked about this too. It's a really long process. Like bones, they don't want to break down. Oh, like that's right. gonna Oh no, sorry, that was a serial killer podcast. We talked about it briefly on this yeah. though, because like the you burn the body, but most of the bones still stay intact. So then they need to be pulverized and turned into For ash real. another way, right? Yes. Like jackhammer style or something. Because people who try to do it on their own, like serial killers are people oh, they try who to burn someone. bodies. They like can't it's get, a mess. It's, it's a mess. It's, yeah. Right. They can't burn the bones. It's too that needs to be too hot. It's a, so I'm going to tell you, I listen to a lot of true crime yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's also why, like, if I'm being held captive somewhere for an extended period of time, it's similar to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like, me, my my personhood is over. Like, everyone knows, look for me for a certain amount of time that feels reasonable, and then yeah. give up. Because I'm dead. Because you're... Spiritually, right. I'm dead. Yeah. Like, I'm locked in some cage somewhere. Like, it's over. I'm not going to live through that. Um... There are all these like really weird instances. If you watch Forensic Files, you watch all that stuff mm-hmm. where like people's remains have these clues that they like shouldn't have. Where people would be like, oh, we found this one fiber or there was this one detail and we didn't expect it. Yeah. To me, that's one of the, the greatest signs that like one, we are not just our bodies and like people who are not alive have this kind of life force because it's these details that no one should notice. And scientists on these programs always totally disregard it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, the whole body was decomposed except the one part we needed. Right. Like, you don't believe that that's, like, that's meaningful somehow. Right. To you, it's just, it happened. I don't believe in coincidence. Yeah. Like, I think things are always lined up in a certain way to have meaning. And it's Mm -hmm. like something in the universe made that happen. I totally believe that. Interesting. Like, 100%. That that, like, that they're essence their aura had something to do with these really specific unfindable things being found because i think we're tapped into different kinds of knowing that we're not conscious of like we have this concept of conscious and unconscious but it's way messier than that it's not like one bucket two bucket right it's like there's all these other things happening so i'm not saying that like a ghost like thing comes back and like tinkers with right you're gonna take that fiber out and like right right on your nose right on the finger scientists can find yeah that's not how it works right but you mean to tell me like you listen to enough true crime there's always these little things and the scientists involved completely disregard it like oh it was just this random happenstance right no right well if you say it so many times it's not random anymore if it happens a million times you know over the course of even if it's 10 million cases that's still a tenth of the time that's legitimate enough to not just be some random happenstance that you just, oh, we happened to, we found the glove thing. It's also, you listen to enough true crime, it's like they build up so much mystery and it's like, this woman was dating, dating this man who was terrible mm-hmm. and like, who knows who murdered her? It's right. like, well, 
Like, he did it. Right. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, there's actually not a mystery here. Right. That it's most likely that, that that terrible person that she was spending a lot of her time with was responsible. We have talked about O.J. Simpson. Yes, we have, in private. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could get into it, but... And I think I've talked about it a little bit on the show before. Yes. There's just a very high chance that... He's listening. He's listening. And I know they let you have podcasts. Is he still in jail? He is. He's in prison. Yeah. Um, whereabouts, you know? Probably California or Nevada. Yeah. I don't think he's in a federal penitentiary. Gotcha. Um, he's coming up, though. Like, he might be getting out. Really? Yeah. And this is on the most recent charges of... Um, Stealing his own memorabilia? Is that the stuff that he's in trouble for currently? Basically, he and one of his staff people were trying to get his own memorabilia back that had been improperly sold, and someone right. had a gun. And just the fact that they told someone, you can't leave this room, that's yeah. an armed kidnapping. Gotcha. So someone that he was associated with had a gun. Oh, he was there. Yeah, he, he was, was there. there. And he was yes. part of it, and it was like, you're not leaving, and right. someone recorded all of it. So that's what really yeah. clinched it. And he's got um, a bad track record, that guy. He has a very bad track record. Right. Which goes to show why a lot of people think 100% that he was guilty because he did do a lot of other terrible things like stalking Nicole and hiring private eyes and abusing her uh, physically and Terrible. emotionally yeah. and all of those things. But just because you do all of those things doesn't necessarily mean you're also a murderer. Here's my thing. It should have been an open and shut case. They should have brought in all the domestic violence stuff. Yeah. Any other person in the state of California who, you know, like a non-celebrity person, mm -hmm. I would have said, obviously he did it. This is mm -hmm. part of the pattern of stalking and ritual right. abuse. But because he's a black celebrity and it was the 90s, I have doubts. Yeah. Like, LAPD I think he was corrupt as all hell. Was, didn't do I it say right. was, and like they aren't now. Yeah. But it was not done properly. And there were a lot of terrible people on that police force that could have uh, persuaded things in certain ways that easily things could be tampered with, tainted, uh, any, any, from all different directions. And Mark Furman's a terrible person. Very bad person. He's a terrible, terrible person. I don't think he's listening, but if he is... No. <laughs> he's, a, he's a racist, misogynist, awful, awful person. I think it is possible there was a big frame-up. I think yeah. there are more conspiracies than we'll ever know. Yeah. And I think that is highly probable to be one of them. I think the sad thing is, just like a lot of other cases, it distracted people away from real violence, from right. real discrimination. Right. Um, with that said, Anad Sayed is completely innocent. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You think he's completely innocent? Completely innocent, absolutely. Now, how much, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the Serial Podcast, the first podcast as far as most people are concerned. For me personally, yeah. A lot of people yeah. got into podcasting around that time. I mean, changed of, my life completely, yeah. yeah. Um, Anad Saeed, Anad Saeed. Saeed, yeah. Saeed, um, involved in uh, the... In a murder in Baltimore, what in what? How long? Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. He's yeah. been in prison for I think at least sixteen years. Yes, and this whole podcast covered the trial. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. He didn't do it though. Is the thing. He did not do. He it. He did not do it. Right. I feel really, really good about that. 
Do you? I really, I really honestly now, do. So after that podcast came out, have you been following the story for, <clears throat> oh my goodness. Like two further? years. For two years since yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> um, number one, the cell phone data isn't what everyone thought it was. So it's okay. pointless to even mull it over. Yeah. The data that they're looking at, they were reading it incorrectly. They weren't understanding what the nature of the data was. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two. All of these pinging cell phone towers. It didn't. They seem to. It didn't matter. Say were like. Oh, he was definitely at this place because his phone pinged a cell phone tower 15 miles away or something like that, right? And I'm going to say this. I think Jay is also completely innocent. I don't think either of them did it. So these are the two main suspects. Yes. Yes. Basically, Jay was poor. He was black. Yep. They were hanging a lot of things over his head, and I think they gave him all the information he needed. The thing that always super hung me up was, but then how did Jay know where the car was, where supposedly her body was transported? He didn't. That's all come out since. He was told where it was. There is a central other character, and I don't want to defame anyone on this podcast because that's been done on other podcasts. Her current boyfriend lied about his whereabouts. His alibi does not check out. The only people who verified where he was at the time and lied for him pretty yeah. clearly are his mother and his like later to be mother in law. Oh wow! So there is no proof whatsoever that he's innocent. Yeah. And everything they thought they knew about how the body was both murdered and then disposed of is wrong, and it was definitely someone she knew. So that so leaves wrong like, as of when? So like the podcast that I listened to two years ago, even some of that evidence has since been overturned. Is that what you're saying? Not in a court of law, but what they thought happened to the body has since been challenged. Gotcha. Someone murdered Heyman Lee and then left her body supine for several hours. Yeah. And then transported her in a trunk at some point and buried her poorly but didn't leave her exposed, which means it's someone she knew. Why does it mean it's someone she knew? So... Almost always, if a body is just left out in the open... Oh, it's like a very non-personal sort of... That's a serial killer thing. Disposal of the body, right? But because you're so... Take the time. ...afraid that there's going to be some tie to you, you're going to make the effort to do a partial burial. Yeah. That's the whole thing. But I guess she wasn't buried very deeply, right? They talk about that a lot. Her body was gradually, like, exposed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was deeper on one end than it was on the other sort of thing. But so I think this case is a perfect example of like, how do you not believe in life after death when like this person who is not alive has this hold on us culturally? Right. Right. Like that all kind of falls into my conceptualization of what happens when you die. Mm -hmm. Like some people have this hold over us. Right. We'll be talking about people who are dead for years. Mm -hmm. Historically or otherwise. Yeah. Interesting stories about their lives interesting ways that they've died unsolved cases it's all like so much a part of our everyday life thinking about people who are no longer with us for me personally yeah, yeah. It's no like that's so day. interesting because yeah. <laughs> everyone when you say the afterlife people just think casper style ghost or christmas carol style being haunted but it's so much more than that it's like about your life still being present after you've passed you know whether it's like a negative thing or a positive thing or like how you have a hold on living society after you've died so yeah that's interesting like i on the one hand totally believe that like people from my family who've passed come back through different symbols Mm -hmm. so i have that piece but to me 
like there are people who I've like studied enough and read enough of their things where it's like they're a part of my life in a way where to just think of them as a dead person yeah. just doesn't even begin to cover it. Right. So like I'm not worried about dying. Right. Like if I get hit by a bus walking out of here, that's a big bummer. Yeah. It would be awful. Right. Right. But you're not worried about that. You'd have to cancel the podcast. I, I couldn't release it. Probably not. Right. Right. Well, you'd be in a court of law. Probably. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I think they'd have some questions. It'd be some sort of criminal investigation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, last known person. Right. Um, I think because, like, life is ultimately so short, mm-hmm. like, people who aren't fascinated by death, I don't get that. Right. Like, wh- where are you at that you're just, like, so comfortable yeah. with this? Right. Um, like, I'm not interested, I guess, in people who aren't interested in these topics right. to some degree. Right. Or it's like, what is what more you interesting? you don't ever think about it? Yeah. Right. Like, what's more interesting than right. life and death? Right. Pinterest. No, no I don't. <laughs> yeah, no. It, I, I does not compute. For yeah. Me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I have hobbies. I'm a normal person, but my hobbies are listening to true crime and, yeah. you know. All of the macabre. Because I don't think it's macabre. No, me either. It's, like, I think it's so interesting. Like, I love every aspect of it. I love looking at like old skeletons i love thinking about all of these new ways that people are deciding to dispose of their bodies all these other interesting like uh, at the forefront of science ways of like repurposing themselves rather than just being stuck in the ground like it is so interesting and it's so like er it happens to everyone it Mm -hmm. happens to it's like it's a constant with all of our lives so it's like why not talk about it think about it more you know so I was reading this book, and essentially it took a long time for scientists to decide that brain death is what makes you dead. Okay. Fine. Like, we yeah. need a metric right. as a culture to say this is what makes you dead. Right. But to me, also as a culture, like, for us to just blindly accept that mm-hmm. is sad to me. Right. Like, there's never... There really hasn't been much of a debate to find a new way to show what death is, right? Like, they're just... We're fine with it being brain dead. Well, I don't even... It's not like, oh, we need, like, another test. Like, to think of death as clinical is what's sad to me. Oh, okay. Like, that's that's what makes me sad. Yeah. Like, for almost all of human history, people died with other people around them at home. Yeah. And now people die at hospitals. Right. And that's really sad. Yeah, that is sad. To me. Because it's not... It doesn't seem comforting at all. It seems the opposite of comfort. It seems like really uncomfortable and like out of your element 100%. Like, ugh. Yeah, seems nasty. If you've seen Little Women, there's like this amazing moment where they open a window to let one of the characters' spirits pass. And oh, it's yeah. my favorite part of yeah. the whole story. Um, because it's this kind of symbol where they're like a piece of her is leaving the room yeah. and like we all have to make peace with it and then you know it's like a stormy night so the wind is blowing mm-hmm. and then eventually they close the window and it's like there's something more poetic about that than like beep right right <laughs> which is just a bummer yeah it is such like, a bummer it's, it's like being at the gym it's like you failed this test yeah exactly fail right you're turning someone's life into like this one like sustaining note yeah, it's so much. Yeah, the window thing seems so much more powerful. It's nice. It is way nicer. Open yeah. a window when I right. die. Right. Yeah. That's very nice. Well, but also because I'm going to be an organ donor, I'll be like hooked up to stuff. <laughs> right, right. So right. it's going to be a little messier. Yeah. But when they take me to the body farm, they'll open the window. Open the window. Of the truck. I'll right. just put and that in the window. hopefully the window looks out at a bench. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bench can go anywhere. They can be more than one bench, too. I don't want to be greedy. Oh, I don't want to cost people money. That's important to me. That's very nice of you. That's very nice. Because that's another thing. It's a lot of oh, money. Oh, my goodness. So much money goes into that. It's like, it's like the funeral business is extortion. How much they charge for all of these processes. All these expensive caskets and all the makeup that they do and the fluids they pump you with. And so I will tell you, because as again, I've listened to this podcast, that started with the Civil War. Started with the Civil War? What? Like doing up The bodies? intensive, yeah. So gotcha. that never happened before, but gotcha. men were dying on the battlefield. Yeah. And there was this idea that if you didn't die surrounded by people who cared about you, yeah. you had a quote, bad death and you oh, were going to be okay. in a kind of purgatory. Oh, okay. So then, basically, these scumbags are looking at this, and they're like, yo, what up? We can make money. Right. Let's pump these people full of stuff so they won't smell, and we can take them on trains. take them back to their families. Because these dead bodies of soldiers would be on trains. People would be throwing up, passing out, because it was disgusting. Right. And then people started to figure out, oh, we can put chemicals, kind of make that chill, drain the other stuff out. Yeah. Um, there's a place in Lincoln that actually has all this equipment from the 1800s oh, that's cool. and they do a tour in October. It's very yeah. nice. Um, but you can kind of see what that was like and it's like, that makes sense. But most of us aren't dying a thousand miles away on battlefields. Right. Right. Like, we're just chilling. Right. There's no need for that. No need whatsoever. Like, but and there's no like... plague. Right. So everybody can calm down with all of the draining and right. then the pumping. Right. We don't, that is so unnecessary. I think so. I think open caskets are kind of weird. I never saw one until a few years ago, and it really kind of disturbed me, actually. Yeah. I had never witnessed it before, and mm-hmm. it really scared me. Because now I think of that when I think of that person, and I don't want to think of yeah, that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. So I've seen a couple of open caskets. One of them really was like a fam- an older family member of mine, and it was very jarring to see. And another one was a close friend of mine who died young, yeah. and he actually looked... They dressed him up in, like, the coolest, most badass, like, punk rock outfit that they could have. And he looked really cool. And it would be, like, what he would wear normally. But it's still, like, it sucks to picture that version of him. And not just, like, the normal version of him that wore those clothes on a regular day's basis. Instead of, like, no, they, like, those weren't the clothes that he passed away in. So they, like, went into his closet. They, like, found his... You know, like vest with the best rancid patches on it or whatever. You know, it's like very. That's very it's scary. Disturbing. Yeah, it's scary. I think it does things for certain people. It has a healing function. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, it's just disturbing. Yeah. I, I really think it is. It is because you're seeing this person differently than you've ever seen them before. Yeah. It's not like no matter how much fluid or makeup they put on him, it's like, no, that's not him. No. That's not him at all. That's just like the body that he used to be in. It does. It, yeah. It's. Well, and Justin wanting to hug everyone. Absolutely yes. not. Yes. That's absolutely creepy as not. Hell. That is creepy as hell, Justin. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Justin. Never want to touch a person at a wake or a funeral. No. Never want to do that. No. Never want to be that close. Never want to see the arms out, as he was describing in like a right. Jesus formation, which yeah. I learned was a joke from Scrubs. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, I guess it's. I don't. I'm yeah. not familiar with the joke either. But still, I'm pretty sure if you could offer Justin like, "Hey, someone's going to be a puppeteer for you to hug people," he'd be so into it. Well, he also had two contradictory wishes. So one, <laughs> he wanted that to happen, and then he wanted people to leave with a parting gift. Yes. So he wanted like a partial cremation of what, like his legs. Yeah, just like the deeply lower disturbing. Half of his yeah. Legs. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, nobody wants that. Right, right. See, to me, there's something sad about walking away with like a bin of a person. Mm-hmm. I get it, mm-hmm. but... You mean like one urn or split into a bunch of different ways? Anyway. Yeah. Well, how like, do you feel about like ashes being spread? Because that seems What if the poetic. wind turns? That's true. So I'm going to say this. That's true. I worked at a place where a few times we caught people trying yeah. to put ashes on the DL. And oh, we were my like, goodness. And we were like, just so you're aware... It's gonna get vacuumed or swept up tonight. Yeah. And they were like, I'm fine with that. And that made me really sad. It is very sad. Because they were like, I want this person to be here in some way. And it's like, no, but like when our cleaners come. Right, they're gonna clean it up and take it away. It's and, over. And throw it out somewhere. It's really. Yeah. And we were right by it's the so ocean. It's so much worse than just like being spread at the Grand Canyon. Right, it's like Grand Canyon is fine. That's right. absolutely fine. Like do yeah. something nice. We were like, no, we have a cleaning crew. They're gonna vacuum this person up. Wow. You can't. This was like inside. Yeah. 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 Which is even like. And we're facing the ocean. So it's like, let's take 20 steps. Yeah. Use the ocean for what it's for, which is organic matter. Yes. Because also to think of being that cleaning person and being like, that's a like weird spill. Right. That's, you know, Aunt Right, because they're going to treat it like anything any else. other spill. And how is that respectful? It's not respectful That's why, like, I'm a bench. Yeah. Like, people maybe will have nice memories, like, yeah. using my facility. Right. Like, I haven't picked the place yet because I haven't decided, but mm-hmm. I like that. I really like little cemeteries. I like memorial parks. Yeah. So it's like, wow, someone actually really cared about this person. And I just talked with my mom yesterday. She wants a scholarship in her name for something. Yeah. We talked about how we're going to run that. And like having been on the receiving end of something named after a person, I met people who knew him and they were like, wow, this would really mean a lot to that person. Right. And I was like, that's what you do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like a way to remember someone. Right. Totally. Right. Totally. Because that's like taking... Yeah, it's like taking the memory of them and passing it along forever instead of... Because I like, I like, I guess in a very, uh, probably a very macabre way, I like cemeteries. I like old cemeteries and I think stuff. that's positive. Because they're interesting, they're cool, they show a history. But just because people uh, were burying each other two, three hundred years ago, that doesn't mean we still need to do it. It seems really silly now, especially... With like the way real estate is, and, like the, <laughs> yeah. just like the amount of land that is taken up and can never be repurposed, it just it's like okay, yeah, old gravestone, seventeen hundreds, cool, very cool, very cool, cool history. Okay, this guy fought in the Revolutionary War, cool, great, love it. But let's plant trees, put people's names on them. Yes. Let's get like solar panels with people's yes. names on them. Yes, that's a new marketing opportunity. Um, there's a, I live between two little historic cemeteries. One's directly in my neighborhood and one is the saddest historic cemetery of all time. It is in a plaza with a fake CVS. What do you mean a fake CVS? So like, it's not a proper CVS building. It was a hometown pharmacy that Mm -hmm. CVS bought. And so it's like super tiny. Yeah. It's well run. It's like CVS sanctioned. It is not a proper. Gotcha. In the full capacity, like they don't as even, you would expect, like to walk into a normal CVS. Yes, 
Like they close at five, just yeah, as a gotcha. metric. Yeah. And there's this little historic cemetery across from that, and it's not very well maintained, and mm-hmm. there's always like nips and beer bottles. Yeah, that sucks. And it's like you're running the risk that like someone's bad real estate gamble right. is gonna mean that your gravestone is poorly cared after, and right. people are like, oh, do I want Pepto Bismol and like walking past you? Right. That's it's not what I want. It's a terrible way to be remembered, it seems. Yeah. It's true. Well, is there anything else you would like to discuss before we get out of here? No, I think that's it for me. Awesome. Well, uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything before we get out of here? Tell the people about any cool... Not yet. I'm What's starting... What's the best ghost tour that you... Oh, you're starting your own... I'm starting one with a friend. A podcast. Yes, and yes. it's going to be called Time After Time. Time After Time. And so we are going to do deep dives into the world of reenacting. Oh, cool. Any idea yeah. of what... Do you have a sort of timetable at all so people can... Later this year. Later this um, year. But I will plug another podcast I've been on, which is called Chapters, which Chapters. is about books and yeah. the stories of people's lives. It's very good. Um, and I have a blog. Cool. Yeah. What so is it? What's the website? It's my first and last name yeah. at WordPress. At WordPress. Yep. So you can see Allison's first and last name in the description of this episode. Yes. You, and what's the best um, ghost city tour that you've been on? That's interesting. Uh, Providence is very good for yeah. local folks, but I will have to say probably Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina. Cool. And New Orleans. Oh, wow. Is, I bet that one's awesome. Is a very good one because yeah. it's very respectful and it's a yep. lot of fun. That sounds cool. And if any place is haunted, it's New Orleans. I've, I've been to New Orleans a couple of times. I've never seen, a, I've never been on a ghost tour, but I've seen groups on ghost tours and they're like huge and they take them like very seriously. It seems yes. like they're very serious about it. So that seems awesome. So yeah, check out Ghost Tours, read Allison's blog. Allison, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys, take care. Thanks. Decaf left, regular right. Decaf left, regular right. Very challenging work.